0: Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast here on the Teardown Feed. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm your host for these interviews, and today we have uh, another fun one with Alex Bowman of Hendrick Motorsports. Of course, this is the Phoenix Race Week coming up here, and that means Alex Bowman, a Tucson native, is heading back to his home track, and I thought it'd be a good time to talk to him. I feel like for some reason, I always do Bowman during Phoenix week, and not even consciously sometimes, uh, as was the case this time. I didn't actually set out to do that, but just thought, hey, it'd be a good time to talk to Alex Bowman. So here we are, and uh, this is actually going to be the last 12 questions uh, for about a month here. As um, if you listen to the teardown, I've, you're probably tired of me talking about this, but I'm about to go on parental leave. Um, as, uh, we're expecting our second child here. So I'll be taking some time off till things settle down a little bit and then, uh, be jumping back into work, um, after about a month, perhaps. So, uh, anyway, these questions will continue, uh, in your feed at that time, but, uh, there won't be any for, for a little bit. So, uh, anyway. We'll uh, pick up with our 12 questions interview with Alex Bowman here. This is back to the zoom style interviews. No more of the in-person ones like we'd been doing at Daytona, but uh, hope you enjoy it. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for doing this. I'm excited to see you virtually here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So the first question is when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living?
1: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, I never say that I'm a race car driver. Um, sometimes I, I guess I just keep it kind of basic and say that I work for a race team. Um, especially like around Charlotte, because everybody works for race teams or Lowe's. It's like one of the two, especially around Mooresville, uh, like the coffee drive through they They're always trying to talk to you and asking you what, what you're doing. And, uh, my go-to is I work for a race team.
0: And then usually that's enough, like, People, there's so many people that work for race teams that they don't pry any further. They're just like, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, sometimes you get the, do you travel or do you stay at home? Um, but that's typically as far as it goes.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Alex, which cup driver have you known the longest?
1: That's a good question. I, uh, I would probably say to Benedetto, hmm. um, he was one of my first friends a couple years, like into living here, um, that's, that's currently racing cup. I mean, like I met Tony Stewart when I was a kid and, um, you know, got his autograph and stuff, but I don't think that counts. I've been, I've, I mean, I've hung out with Matt for probably 10 years now. So, um, that's probably the longest for me.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So when you grew up racing, none of those people you grew up racing with ended up sort of making it, I guess.
1: No, not really. Um, you know, like I saw the other day a picture of Redick and Larson running outlaw carts together. And I'm like, dang, they've known each other forever. Like n- nobody that I, I mean, like people that I grew up racing with made it somewhat like, um, a lot of good sprint car midget drivers, um, or, or kind of different things throughout the world. A like, kid I race quarter midgets with, um, kind of races sports cars and all kinds of stuff. But, um, yeah, nobody, uh, nobody else made it to cup.
0: Okay. Um, can you describe to us what it's like to crash in a race car?
1: Yeah. Well, I just realized I lied to you too, because I've known Sheldon Creed since I was like 12 years old. So not cup, but almost all the way there. I just totally spaced that, but crashing a race car. Um, it's like, I guess it depends how you're crashing, right? Like, sometimes it's a big impact first and then kind of just like sliding around for a little bit so it's like a bomb going off around you and then calms down from there and other times it's like something happens and you have time to think about how bad it's about to hurt before it actually hurts and then you end up running into something um like when i crashed leading talladega two years ago that was I got turned and the car, like I ended up kind of in the infield and then came back across traffic. So when I was in the infield, pointed the wrong way, staring at the field, coming at me, like it was a long, it felt like forever, right? Because you're wow. like, man, I'm about to get hit by all these people. Um, and then when I did get hit, I think Larson ended up hitting me. It was uh, a really big impact and, um, and pretty crazy, but others kind of happen really quick and then chill out and some kind of like build up. I guess.
0: Whew, wow. That's, that's wild. Um, do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud of?
1: Um, nothing super recent. I feel like I've, I mean the biggest changes that have happened recently are obviously working with ally, which I feel like has been a lot of fun, but, um, you know, starting the sprint car team is, is really the biggest, but that's not like a lifestyle change. I would kind of go back to, I guess, three years ago now when I started training with Josh Wise. Um, that was like a, like I worked out before that, um, but that was like a really a big change to be like as disciplined and regimented as he is. And um, as that that's helped a lot, you know, whether it's on the racetrack, off the racetrack, I feel like that's kind of just helped me get through the day easier and, and kind of handle a lot of situations better, probably helped me mentally and physically equally as much. So, um, that's been a really good one.
0: Has it been hard to stick with that? Because that's such a, I mean, that is a massive lifestyle change that you underwent, you know, and, and that's a lot of dedication and sacrifice, I guess.
1: Um, you know, I think, I think it probably would be hard to stick with if I didn't enjoy being around Josh as much as I do. Um, you know, he like I looked up to him a lot when I was a kid, um, just from him racing USAC stuff and, and being so successful. So I feel like, you know, we're pretty good friends and um, and I've it's definitely like been a noticeable change for, for my life. So I feel like that's been such a positive that it makes it easier to stick with it's pretty hard when I get back from chili bowl to get back into that routine. Right. Cause you're kind of just screwing off for 10 days or whatever. And then you, you got to get right back to it. So that's tough. But, um, other than that, it's all right. Like Monday morning, he showed up at my house at 8am and that was, you know, not fun, but, uh, it's, it's still good for sure.
0: Okay. Um, what makes you laugh during a race?
1: Um, Greg's riddles that he tells over the radio. He just, I mean, you've had conversations with Greg here and there, I'm sure. So you kind of know how he talks and how he's just a little different and explains things differently and and kind of tries to hide things in plain sight somewhat. So um, a lot of conversations with him make me laugh. Uh, but then if somebody does something really dumb, it's it's comical. And my spotter, Kevin Hamlin's a giant smart ass. So he's typically got a smart ass comment about it. Um, so that's pretty enjoyable as well.
0: Okay. Uh, what's a quality or a skill you envy in another driver?
1: That's a good question. I feel like I envy really a lot of what, like just being around Jimmy and what he was able to do, not so much on the racetrack, but with people off the racetrack, like just how he is able to talk to people like I'm shy and awkward and keep to myself and like social interaction is scary. Right. And like I just I'm so, kind of like socially awkward and he could like have a conversation with anybody and make them feel really important no matter who they were. Um, uh, so I, I envied that ability for sure. I was that was the biggest thing.
0: Huh. That's really interesting. Um, so for this next question, I'm just mixing it up this year and asking everybody like a wild card question, like whatever I feel like, um, obviously it just seems like so much of you, like everything comes back to pets and animals. Like, it just seems like a big passion point in your life. This Phoenix race coming up, you guys just announced this paint scheme that you're doing, um, where you're partnering with this animal shelter and stuff. Um, what, what's behind that? Like, where does your love of animals and pets come from? Is that like a lifelong thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had dogs growing up, but I think the biggest thing, when I got Roscoe, it was pretty spur of the moment. Um, And he, like, just, I don't know, having a dog that you're responsible for probably is way different than having a a pet as a kid. So that's really where it came from. It started with him. um, And then, you know, like, well, obviously done a little bit of stuff in the past, but with Ally being like letting me steer the ship so much um it's been really cool that that they've had you know roscoe and finn be involved in things and uh going to phoenix with the the best friend's car and obviously they're they're donating a thousand dollars per race for for the rest of the year in every market to to animal shelters and um that's really neat you know if we win i think they're going to set that up to 10. so it's it's cool to be a part of and cool to work with a partner that does that but I think really just, you know, having my two dogs made me really like animals. Um, the fact that they don't judge you based on your last week's results is is my favorite part of it. And um, you know, there's a lot of rescue animals in need and in, in shelters throughout the country. So I think it's it's a it's something that hits home for me. Um it's easier for me to hang out with animals than it is with people sometimes too. So Uh, that's probably where a lot of it comes from.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Uh, what's an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're willing to share with us?
1: Oh, a lot of them. (laughs) I mean, uh, you've, you've probably covered many, um, the last two that have haunted me the most would be second Charlotte last year, um, dominated the race, best car dominated most of the 602, but, um, best car running second Harvick and just trying to not let him get away from me too much on the short run. We had a really good long run car, so I didn't even need to be pushing, but I just was, and I ended up plugging it in the fence all by myself and finishing like 35th when we had that race pretty well won. So that was really uh, a bad one for me. I didn't sleep that night and I don't think I've ever been so angry at myself.
0: Wow. Um,
1: But then another one is like, I was watching the Vegas race from last year, the fall Vegas race. And obviously we had a really good car there as well. Um, and Denny gave me like a huge push on one of the last restarts and I was trying to get inside the 21 for second, I think, and I thought he was going to block the bottom really hard. So I was going to try to take my momentum and, and roll the top. And he kind of like half shaded down and blocked both lanes. And I didn't have any momentum to go either way. And I think I ended up finishing fifth instead of having a chance at winning. So, um, but honestly, I'm really hard on myself. Like any mistake I make in the race car, I, uh, I beat myself up for probably more so than is healthy. Like that, that weekend at New Hampshire that I crashed the backup car might've been the worst weekend of my life when we went through three race cars, but, um, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself, so mistakes aren't fun, but, but it's part of it.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, cause you know, those mistakes don't sound like, I don't think of those like, Oh my God, like what an idiot embarrassing kind of thing. Like, but yeah. you you judge it differently, you know, being yourself. So, yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I just feel like we're supposed to be the best at what we do. So any mistake is a, is a bad one. And you're going to have them, right? You're, you can't be perfect all the time, but mistakes that cost you races like at Charlotte last year and uh, stuff like that are, are pretty hard to get over sometimes. Yeah.
0: Um, so obviously this is a remote working world here as we do this on zoom. Um, if they were like, look, you know what, you don't really have to live in North Carolina anymore. If you want to live in a different state or something, feel free. Um, would you, would you want to move? Would you want to relocate somewhere else? Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I want to get out of the high school that is Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I, so I spent a lot of time in Colorado, up in the mountains, um, big fan of it out there. I kind of like the small mountain town vibe, just super chill and relaxed. Um, so that's that's where I would go. It'd be hard, obviously, with um, the Sprint Car team being here and, and having my shop here and all that. Um, but if I like, if I could pick anywhere in the country to live, that's that's where it would be.
0: So somewhere like, are we talking like a like a Frisco Breckenridge type, or it's smaller than
1: that? Uh, there's a small town that I go to a little bit like an hour from, um, where like winter park is. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to leave it unnamed because okay. it's like one of those small little gems that you don't want a bunch of people to know about, but it's, uh, it's a good one for sure. It's, it's a lot of fun and, um, the people are really cool. We try to go there at least like once or twice a year and it's, it's really neat.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Alex, if someone handed you an envelope and inside this envelope was the date of your final career, win, would you open it?
1: Uh, yeah. Cause I'm curious, I am like super curious about everything. Um, like I, there's definitely been things in my life that I should have left alone and curiosity killed the cat on. But, um, yeah, for sure. I would open it just cause I, I would want to know. Okay. Have you achieved your childhood dream? Um, somewhat for sure. I think, you know, winning a cup championship would probably kind of get that all the way there. Um, I feel like I have a lot left to prove. I feel like at times I'm a bit underappreciated, um, you know, like, I feel like we had a really good year last year and kind of went pretty unnoticed at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, we ended really strong and, um, and I feel like have the capability to, to go out and win a lot of races this year. So um, two wins isn't enough for me. I, I want to win a lot more races than that. And uh, I feel like we, uh, we have the capability to do that. So, yes, winning cup races, making a living, driving a cup car, childhood dream Um, but I want a lot more.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So each week, uh, ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. Last week was Tyler Reddick. His question is, if you had to give up one of your strengths, but you could also lose one of your weaknesses, what would those two things be?
1: Um, I would give, I don't know what I would give up. I like, it's hard for me to. I guess, talk about what my strengths are. Cause I like anything I do, even things that people say I'm good at, I don't feel like I'm good at unless I'm like perfect at it um, for whatever reason. So like, I don't, it's hard for me to sit here and say exactly what my strengths are. Um, My weakness that I would give up would be my social awkwardness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would love to give that up and feel normal uh, having a conversation with people. But, um i don't know strength wise i you know what i would give up uh being so good at making the simulator go fast because oh. i I can make that thing go faster than anybody else can and that doesn't give me a dang thing so i would uh i would probably give that one up and, and trade it out for for being super awkward
0: you know you say that to, like from the outsider though, I, I've never thought like, Oh, this guy's super awkward. Like I, you don't come across that way to me or I've, I feel like in like interviews and stuff, I I've never like been like, Oh geez. So, uh, I don't (laughs) know if that makes you any feel any better, but yeah, I
1: appreciate it. Every, every social interaction is like me sitting there uncomfortable, like trying to act normal. So at least my acting normal is going well.
0: There you go. You have the acting skills. Um, so the next interview, I don't know who it's going to be with because it's not going to be for like a month uh, now that I have this okay. baby here on the way. Yeah. Um, so I can either get back to you when the season has progressed a little bit or uh, if you want to throw out a question now, that's fine too. It's, it's totally up to you.
1: Um, yeah, just shoot me a text and I can, I can text you a question, uh, figure something out because I feel like that's like a personalized thing for the most part.
0: So. Gotcha. Yep. Makes sense. Well, man, cool. thank you so much for uh, for joining me here. I really appreciate you squeezing this in.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to see you and good luck with the, the new baby on the way. That's awesome.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. There you have it. Alex Bowman on the 12 questions and really enjoyed talking to him. Um, I don't think he gives himself enough credit, you know, for, I guess, the good actor that he is with his social interactions because I've never thought, like I said, like, oh, wow, this guy's super awkward or something. I just thought he's kind of. Uh, dry and and funny, and I like his sense of humor. Um, obviously, he's really really hard on himself. Cares a lot. Uh, somewhat of a perfectionist, there I guess you could say. So, um, really interesting though to to hear the different sides of these guys. And hopefully, you enjoyed hearing that one as well. So anyway, this is all for the twelve questions for now. But hope to be back with you uh, sometime in mid April, I guess, with uh, another one, and we will continue them then. So. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.